the best Eagles basketball coverage. This is Creature Report. Happy holidays, Eagles fans. It's your boy, Elliot, on the mic. I am aligned with Russell. Actually, I meant to say adjacent. He is at a 90 degree. That's not even adjacent. You are 90 degrees. I'm I'm perpendicular from you. He's rotated 90 degrees and somewhat adjacent from me. I'm near you, essentially. Relatively. Yes. Anyways, uh, we are back after like uh, almost a month off, which was crazy because the holidays always seem to uh, push time into warp speed. So it seems like we just did a pod not that long ago, but it's been about a month. Um, we had a lot of away games after having a crap ton of home games to do post pods with. But You're right, and you were busy cruising the Caribbean? Yes. Barbuda? Cruising. I did not go to Barbuda. If I did, I would have asked... Good old Kevin Samuel, uh, what kind of places I should be hitting up. Uh, instead, I went to uh, Mexico. And it's Mexico. <laughs> and Honduras. It's Honduras. Honduras. Um, yeah, I had a good time over, over Christmas with the, uh, the wife. Just uh, cruising the crib. Cool, man. Well, you didn't miss anything except the best start in FGCU's uh, D1 history. I saw most of that. He saw all the notifications. I could have paid for quote unquote high speed internet on the ship, but it was like a hundred dollars a day or something insane. Uh, Jump change. I, I paid. <laughs> I paid for uh, for slow internet for one day, um, and that was not worth it. It was only like twenty five bucks. Damn. Um, but it, it was like enough to slowly load your email and send it. Slowly. That's worth like five bucks. Yeah, at most. Um, but for a whole day, it was like I think it was twenty three ninety nine for like two gigs of speed. If you'd like to contribute to Russell's GoFundMe for recovery on that, uh, you can Venmo him at Russell Kelly Venmo dot com. <laughs> um, so let's I guess circle back to <laughs> the hoops. The uh, hoops. When was the last game you went to slash? watched last game we watched would have been robert morris before that was famu so yeah our last your last game witnessed live on tv was robert morris which, en- which ended up being a pretty good game yep um so yeah since the last pod we did which was the hilton garden and classic we haven't touched on the blasphemous FIU loss, the gritty Dartmouth win, the actually the Dartmouth win was a blowout that looks I, I yeah it. we dominated and then it was overtime all of a sudden right. Uh, the solid Florida A and M win, the Robert Morris win, the Mercer win, and the Canisius stain stain on the end of the season. So I guess real quickly we can talk about. There's not much to talk about because it's kind of in the past, but all the games um, minus FIU and then obviously Canisius, which we thought was going to swing in our favor, um, minus those two games, every other game was 
pretty good. Yeah, even if there were, you know, natural rough patches within the games themselves, there was still it still ended with, you know, generally double digit victories and looking like we're better than them. And I know you missed Mercer Live, but that had one of the best surges, like comeback surges in the second half that I think I've witnessed. It's hard to remember all the events, but it was we were down twelve and we ended up winning by twelve, so we essentially Flip the script. Essentially, I mean, that's a twenty-four to nothing run, yeah, swing, yeah. So it was pretty impressive to see that surge in the second half. If we look at the first half, yeah, the first half score, twenty-six to eighteen, and we had forty-nine. I remember seeing the second um, half. I remember seeing a stat about like like zero three pointers made in the first half, or like one or something crazy, and there were eight made in the second half, and that's. You know this team, for for better or for worse, it's it's when the three balls gotta gotta fall, um, or else it's gonna be either a close game that shouldn't be close, or you know might not go in our favor. But we will digress since all these games are over a week plus now in the books, and kind of let's talk about where we are today. Eleven and four. Uh, ten and four. No, I thought it was. No, we're ten and four. Sorry, ten and four, leading the A Sun. Or whatever that's worth in non-conference, Russell. Do you think? And obviously the answer is yes. But has the team met your expectations up to this point? Uh, definitely. And one thing I kind of want to allude to at the very least is, like, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna call people out. I'm not gonna complain too much. But like, we're ten and four. We won ten games last year. 10 and 8 on the season. Of course, it was shortened. It's a little bit, you know, not that great of a point. Okay, go back the year before. We won 10 games the year before in a full season. A full season, 30-some games or whatever. Won 10 games. Right now, we played 14 games and have won 10. We still have, like, 16 games to go or something, at least, before. And that's not including, you know, tournament play and whatever. And one of those is, like, a top 8 team right now. That we lost to. Yeah, in a good game. The, the score looks like it was really bad. It was very competitive, most of it. Obviously, uh, referring to USC, um, played a good Loyola Chicago team, played well most of the game, uh, played a solid Rhode Island team. If you look at their record right now, I don't have it in front of me, but I know, yeah, I, I know I looked semi-recently, and they're, they're a solid team, and we beat them. And So really, really, that leaves you two wins that are, or two losses that are not great. Right, which is FIU, which actually was a pretty good team. Yeah, they're they're a decent team. Like that's that's a game that even if you get rid of like the FIU juju that <laughs> FGC always has, um, that was still a game that you know maybe we win by a little bit, maybe we lose by a little bit. The frustrating part of that game is we were within like one or two, right? Within like the last five minutes, and then it was I a think. Collapse, and then we kind of just collapsed. Yeah, there was just no shots went in, and and then obviously I didn't get to watch. Uh, Kinesius, but I did a bunch of research before the game on the team. They're not very good record-wise, um, so I obviously thought we were going to win like most people. And the thing about that is that you got to remember: first of all, you got to you got to be mad that it's a loss, right? You're going to be annoyed at that. Then you got to zoom out and say, "Okay, we're ten and four, lost to a seemingly bad team, also beat good teams, played good teams well, but won most of our games." And then think about how, gee, we play basketball in Fort Myers, Florida, traveled to New York to play an away game in Buffalo, and like it's hard to play on the road against any team, let alone traveling, you know, 
to New York. Two days before Christmas. <laughs> right, before Christmas. And it's just like a lot of variables there. I'm not saying it was a bad idea to do that. You still should have won the still game. Still no excuses yet. No, you still should have won the game. It's just after you have your initial annoyance, I guess, um, you zoom out and you, you say, okay, here are all the variables that took place. And now what I don't know about you. You comment on this after, after me, but like losing to Kinesius doesn't change anything about my perception of the team. Like it would have been really cool to go into conference play at 11 and three best record, you know, start in the D one era and all that, you know, crazy stuff already winning more games than we did the last two seasons each. Um, we didn't right. It, it was a loss. It's 10 and four instead of 11 and three. It would have nice to have 11, but it's like, it doesn't change my opinion of the team like going forward and in ASUN play. What about you? Yeah, so <clears throat> my philosophy on on this is, of course, as fans, we want to win every game that's supposed to be won. I'm sure the players want that even more. I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Fly wants that even more. Um, at the end of the day, for most basketball conferences, the non-conference doesn't matter when it comes to affecting your seeding and your post-season birth and tournament and all that fun stuff. It matters more so if you're ranked, I guess. And you're There's an up- element of confidence that goes into it. Yeah. Because I think about like UF and them having to get crapped on all the non-conference season. And then it's, I feel like they always have slow starts in A-Sun and then they find their form if they're a good team and they become formidable. But Just like all the other smaller mid-conferences yeah. and smaller, you know. They, they get crapped on in non-conference. UNF by design. Yeah. And then, and then they have to sort of build confidence that they weren't able to build before. Yeah, I don't think the team lost any confidence or chemistry in their teammates, if that's what you were alluding to earlier. But now my whole thing is I hope it pissed I hope it pissed us off. I hope it pissed the team off that they lost when they shouldn't have and that's really all you can ask for that they go come to the next one with more grit, more determination, more fire and now it's conference time. Yeah, two games in a row with explosive good looking second halves for the most part the first game was against mercer like we talked about they were able to overcome it the second game they just weren't able to do enough i guess the first half bugs are still an interesting thing that we've noticed and you obviously can't be a great team if you can't drop those first half jitters or whatever two full halves so by the time you're in tourney or ace on tourney whatever it is those got to go or at Um, least be minimized to a great degree right you, well, I'm, I'm just saying you can't shoot 15% in the first half and expect to win or 20%, whatever that yeah. has been. It's been dismal. So, yeah, at the end of the day, conference uh, is a whole new record. And if we could replicate something similar to 10-4 and four in conference, I'd be pretty impressed. Yeah, what's your – so I want to say one thing, and then I got a question, and that's – I started saying this before, but like fans, anyone listening, like be happy, like be excited, like don't be afraid you're going to get let down. Maybe you do, but who wants to like stew in, oh, this is all fake. This is for nothing. It's 10 wins, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. This team's going to collapse. Like, and then they do. What do you want to be congratulated for being right? Or do you want to have a good time (laughs) while we're winning games and, and hopefully win a bunch more? Like, be a fan. Don't be a, a critic, I guess. Um, you know, 
We get mad after losses, of course. We do too. Well, it's funny because we're fans, but also critics. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, are you enjoying the season though? Like, yeah. Cause, cause the I difference am. between you and me is we're not whining. <laughs> That's fair. Exactly. Like, so, it's just, my enjoy thing is, it. is treat a loss like Michael Jordan would. Meaning, yeah. like, get pissed that you weren't on your A game and get better. And, yeah. and that's it. Not like, nah, this team is sucks. Even though it's the best start in their, right. in their history. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's this misconception that it's been a, a weak schedule. I don't, I don't consider that to be true. Like, we mentioned Rhode Island, USC, uh, Loyola Chicago, and then you have a slew of other D1 teams. We're not talking about, you know, walloping on Florida National or Memorial or Well, or I think everyone's mindset, including you and I, since our Dunk City success was, man, we could be like a Gonzaga or we could be like Butler and we could host all these schools. Well, naive us realize right. that that's not, like, realistic and we can't host teams of that caliber until we're that caliber for, like, right. five-plus years. Well, I mean, Gonzaga's not playing a bunch of D1 powerhouses besides a couple in, in, in their regular season. They like, have quite a few. But, to maintain uh, that number one ranking, they, they've yeah, quite a few. Yeah, just enough, though, because, I mean, even they don't want to – if they lose half of those, then they don't have that high ranking. I'm not trying to fight you, but I'm looking it up now because I'm curious. Well, yeah, I mean, most, most mid-majors are not playing Duke and Kentucky night in, night out. Um I, it's like if, if you, in my opinion, as a mid-major, if you can play the teams we played in in the Hilton Garden Inn Classic and win, if you can play FIU, be competitive, maybe win, maybe lose, if you can play Mercer, if you can play, you know, they're in a better conference than us technically, SoCon or whatever. So you're right. You're right and not right. Gonzaga played Dixie State. Whee. But then they played number five Texas and won. They played a couple no names, uh, UCLA and one Duke. That's a big deal. Lost to Duke, but yeah. they were number four. Um, played sixteen Alabama. Played twenty five Texas Tech, and that looks to be it. So they, I mean, they got like it sounds like they're five I mean, or six. Like you can't even teams. consider Gonzaga to be a mid major team at this point. Like I guess size wise and market wise and conference wise, yes. But success-wise and and all that extra stuff, like you always expect them to be in the tournament. That's not that that's not what you expect of a mid-major team. Like they're they're a powerhouse, not just a mid-major powerhouse. They're an NCAA powerhouse. Over years and years and yeah. years of success. It, it's it's decades <laughs> at this point of. And we are decade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are literally at decade. Right. Not well. Yeah. Yeah. Decade of D one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, I'm at the point where I, I I don't expect that. I expect, you know, three ish every season, like solid, strong opponents, whether that's a a strong mid major or, or a D or a a high major coming in or not coming in usually, but, um, you know, just competition. I would love to see this list of, you know, there's what, 350 ish D one schools, something like that. All of the D one schools that have not even made the tournament or yeah. even won a game. Or how many how many D1 schools I'm not, are... And I'm not justifying our success as right. the pedestal of right. success, but... But how many D1 schools have been around for like 70, 80 years and haven't made it to the tournament since 1979? Right. And, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to be good 
And the, that, that's kind of what I'm coming back to is that the fact that, you know, we were more than competitive, very good for year after year after year. Then we've had, you know, two and a half down seasons. And now we're sitting here looking pretty good. Like every team's got inconsistency. Yes. Some, some games, there's a lot of turnovers. Yes. Some games, there's a shooting drought, some kind of lull in offensive production in pretty much every single game. There's also this boom of offensive production. That's really fun to watch. Um, whether it's passing related or blocking shots or dunking or three points from three pointers from, from the logo or, or whatever it is like it's good stuff. Enjoy it. Yeah. So, now that you've seen, you know, how the team performs against, you know, a, a varying degree of difficulty, you know, and styles of teams through non-conference play coming out with a 10 and four record, like, how do you think, how do you see that translating to conference play in the ASUN, which is not a very, you know, highly regarded pro, uh, a conference with the exception of, you know, Liberty is Liberty and a couple of the new, you know, programs and stuff like that. How do you see... I guess the 10 and four start against the teams we played translating to, to conference play. So yeah, while the conference has had a shakeup in the last few years, as far as additions of teams, departures of teams, teams losing their, um, the top, the top of the, you know, rankings to go down kind of like us. I kind of look at conference the same way I look at, um, FIU (laughs) in a sense like always a thorn in our side but like we can beat them if that makes sense so like and this is a kind of a cop-out answer but i i see conference play going very similar to how we played in non-conference um as far as record goes if so if from if a very we were broad to, sense if we were to win say 75 percent of our conference games is that kind of where your expectations are like we'll drop so we one or two 14 and there's 16 conference games 16 regular season conference games. So, so if there's 16 regular season conference games, well, and now we you're win, do the math. Uh, 12 wins would be 75. percent So for 12 and four would in be conference, a very good success. Yeah, in my opinion. So that that would mean overall record is 22 and eight. Yeah, which is only one game off of our <laughs> gut gamble prediction. To me, that is a, an astounding year. Yeah, that's um, 22 that's, wins that's, is great. That's still like kind of high hopes but i can't see us losing a ton in conference either i mean um, add two losses to that and where it's it's, it's 10 a 20, and it's a 21 season yeah, yeah 10 and 6 and that's i mean 20 and 10 which that, is, if that doesn't sound believable to you based on how like this season has looked then i don't know what you're watching right so and yeah a, a 20 and 20 and 10 season come on now that's good. But it's hard to tell because, you know, without doing a deep dive on every single ace on team, all the new additions. Which we will do over time. You look at teams like UNF that set themselves up for a tough non-conference and their record is, I don't know, four and eight or something like that or or, or, or worse, like four and ten, something like that. Um, The back of your mind's like, yeah, ace on sucks this year. We're going to we're going to sweep. But that's never the case. You know, Kennesaw, Stetson, however bad they're doing, they can put up a fight and they can... Jacksonville, no matter how bad, it seems to be kind of a tougher... So even not, if, not as much in recent years, but... Even if we yeah. went 500, 
in conference, eight and eight. So eight and eight. You add eight to that's, our. That's four. an eighteen win season. If you zoom out, that's eighteen not and bad. twelve. Like that's. And I feel like that is that's the low I feel side. Like that's of good. worst case scenario. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think there's at least a 70 percent chance we're hitting twenty wins this year, and to me that that was I think we talked about that. That was a win for us in our book, like a very solid win to hit twenty. Wins. I I was saying obviously really, the ace on tournament. And winning that is more yeah. desirable than gut gamble wins. time. I was saying that if it's an eighteen win season, it's a success. Like and like now, I almost think that that meter moves. Like I, I feel like, I feel like you know maybe twenty is kind of what needs to happen. So I, I still agree that eighteen is a success, but I, the comp, yeah, the the meter is more realistically pointing towards twenty. Exactly, and. So yeah, I mean, that, that my, my expectations have sort of shifted to it's it's got to get at least an eight and eight in conference, and you know hopefully better and win twenty something games. That's not something that happened all the time in in the Dual era. You know, it was it was around twenty every time. I would be I would be disappointed if it's less than five hundred in conference and we do not win a Ace on Tourney game yeah. or. At least two, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd like to be in the ASUN championship game. With a 50% conference yeah. win-loss record. That would be a successful season. Anything sure. above that would be great. Grandiose. Um, but that's not how successful people should talk, Russell. Successful people say, we already won, we just haven't got there yet. Do they? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we already won the ASUN tourney, it just hasn't happened yet. Okay. You manifest it. Speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, LeVar Ball. So, Michael Fly, if you're not saying that you're winning the whole NCAA tournament already, then you need to start. You're not doing it right, man. You need to start manifesting that. So, yeah. Wings up. Uh, Balls deep. What's that? <laughs> what's that song you sing at New Year's? Old Lang Syne? Old Lang Syne, yeah. Which Aldling? just means old. It's A U L D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just means old. And what's Lang Syne? Like a name? I don't remember. Well, it was good to be back in the saddle with you. Except Dawson wasn't here, so he'll be on the next one probably. Praise God. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a post pod after one of the uh, upcoming conference home openers. games. Yeah, I think conference. January eighth is our first home game. If I'm not so the fourth is our first game, though, right? Yeah, but I think our first. Home game. It's on the 8th. It's on the 8th. I'm Henry the 8th. I am. On the 4th, we play North Florida. Sorry, that's in Fort Myers. Oh, yo. Well, guys, have a happy holidays, new year, weekend, weekday, hour, minute. Be happy. Don't whine. That's it from us for the year of 21. Thankful to have your little ears listening to us. And you can listen to us or next year. Until then. Toodles. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Keep your eye on the grand old flag.